Curious. You would make an excellent Cephalon, Tenno. Welcome to Cephalon Squared, a Warframe community and podcast. Find out how to join the collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Now, here are your Cephalons, Greg and Lucas. G'day, Cephalon Collective, and welcome to episode 65 of Cephalon Squared. My name is Cephalon Greg. I am joined by Cephalon Lucas. How are you this evening, sir? I'm good. I'm, I'm doing good. It's a good day. It's a good day. How are you? Um, I'm all right. (laughs) (laughs) I got carried away with singing. (laughs) You did. Um, yeah, it was, it was a busy day. That's all I've got to say. Busy, busy, busy. Turned into grumpy Greg at the end of the day. But hey, here I am. Here he is. Ungrumpy. Ungrumpy. Hey. (laughs) Now, we do have a new intro song for the weather that was uh, created for us by Cannibal Kiwi. Now, I can't press any buttons to make it just work, so it's not happening right now. Lucas, you can't hear it, but I'm going to insert it now. Now. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. <laughs> How was that? It was great. It was. <laughs> I've listened to it. I'm, I'm glad it's there now. Yes. Yes. So I've got to figure out how to actually set up a soundboard so that I can press buttons and have it all play and have it work seamlessly. But hopefully you didn't see through the magical seams just then. Magical <laughs> seams. So how is the weather up north, Lucas? In the little city of Ipswich, the weather is currently 18 degrees Celsius with a 65% humidity. So it's it's nice. It's comfortable. Interesting. And that's also 65 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's all the 65s for you today. It is. And just to turn everything topsy-turvy, down here in Melbourne, it's warmer than Queensland. It's 20 <gasps> degrees Celsius, 68 degrees Fahrenheit, and 43% humidity. So it's like we've just switched around. Wow. That, that's weird. That time my life got flipped, turned upside down. Sorry, everyone. I apologize. And I really do hope you've got fresh pins of Bel Air in your head now. <laughs> anyway, that's the weather. That's the weather. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what'd you get up to in Warframe or anything else? Um, Warframe, I didn't really do much this week. We did our, we did our stream on Friday and Saturday where we did a swap around due to reasons. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the week has kind of just been a bit all over the place. A bit more Dauntless, a bit of Destiny, jumping back on that boat, enjoying the, the new free-to-play Destiny 2. It's uh, pretty good. Indeed. Yeah. Fair enough. Bits and pieces. So, yeah, we did have to flip things around on Friday and Saturday because I went to PAX Oz, which is, you know, sadly when we were hoping to have our panel, which didn't happen. Sad panda. Sad panda. But that's life. Hopefully next year. You never know. So, yeah, I went there. I had a bit of fun, but I got home extremely late, much later than I expected. So I asked Lucas if he could do the PC stream on Friday instead and... Thank you, Lucas, for being forthcoming and supportive on that front. That's all good. That's what I'm here for. So yeah, we did um, PS4 last night, and in the end, you had to. You had, did you have fun? Did you go out last night? I did. I did have fun last night. It was a good night. That is good. So you hung around for about, well, probably about two thirds of our usual stream. Yeah, I think it was about two hours. I was there for. Yeah, and then and then you left, and then I was like, I don't know what else to do, so I just uh, I just quit and gave up and went to bed because I, you know, freaked out. <laughs> anyway, that was my night. I didn't really freak out. I just was tired. <laughs> I also played Destiny 2 this week. I've got Shadow Keep though. I don't I'm not playing the the free to play version cuz I'm awesome. Lucas is less awesome. Uh-huh. No, because my wife's fucking addicted to it and if I didn't buy Shadow Keep I'd be <laughs> in big trouble. So yes, it is it is pretty good. I actually got to meet the voice actress of uh, uh Eris Morn on Friday. That was pretty cool. Uh, and one of the designers for Destiny 2, so that was that was a bit of fun. And I also started playing a game during the week called They Are Billions. I've been watching it for a while because it was on PC, it was on Steam. Um, I remember when it was in early access, and then all of a sudden I'm like, hang on, it's on PS4, and it's cheaper than on Steam. So I spent money that I shouldn't have spent. Glad my wife doesn't listen to these podcasts. <laughs> but I don't regret it at all. Because it's a fucking good game. If you like the Anno series or the Settlers series, 
really sort of simple, lightweight resource god game. Okay. Think of that, but with zombies thrown in. Interesting. And lots of zombies. That's why it's called They Are Billions. When you get overrun, you get fucking overrun. Nice. <laughs> it's and it's it's not an ongoing sim game. The point is to last a certain amount of time, and if you last that certain amount of time, yay, you start a new game. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, the the horde comes after a certain amount of days. Uh, okay, so it's prep for the horde, and then hope that you outlive the horde. Exactly. And when you first start playing it, you'll probably last like twenty days. That's it, because you're learning. It, there's no tutorial. You just got to figure it out as you go. Um, and then it's it's all just you restart, you re you start a new map in a new area, and yeah, it's I just like the way it's been done. Nice permadeath. Per, you know, you, once you die, you die. You lose your save game. Everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So you just start again. It's a really really interesting game. I recommend it if you have the means. But anyway, on to the Warframe focused part of this content, which is the rest of the episode. <laughs> Let's uh, head on into the news. Did you want to start? Do you want me to start? How um, do you want to do this? I can start this one. Do it. Okay. So Steve showed off some work of the Corpus uh, ship tile set rework this week. Unsurprisingly, looks a lot like the Gas City rework. So looking good, looking spacious, looking like you're going to have to jump, flip, and fly all about. Yes. Did you see it? I did see it. Yeah. So it looks pretty much exactly the same. Um, but you've got to expect that because it's all Corpus. Duh. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Next up, Inktober has once again come around. If you don't know what that is, every year Warframe does this little thing called Inktober where artists can submit art entries on a daily basis and they will share them. I'm, I've never really paid as much attention to Inktober as I should. Is there a competition? Is there a winning? Uh, no, no, I don't think it is. I think I don't think it's actually Warframe specific. I'm pretty sure it's just like Inktober is a an art thing in general, and Warframe has its own variant of it. Okay, fair enough. It probably is. I would imagine so. Uh, so you, if you go to the play uh, play Warframe Instagram account, you can see the fan submissions that they have shared there, or just check the hashtag Warframe Inktober on either Twitter or. Uh, Instagram, and you'll see a bunch of really, really good. There's some fucking amazing artists out there. Yeah, and they do show these off on primetime uh, during October once uh, every week. Yeah. So keep an eye out That's and support cool. your artists. Yes. Nightwave ends very, very soon. In fact, the t- at the time of recording, this is the very last day of this Nightwave, uh, so it will probably be over by the time you listen to this. <laughs> so yeah, if you have if you didn't make it, you did not make it, and we feel for you. If we could give you a hug, we would, but we are AI, so I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, join the collective. You can hug us there. <laughs> exactly. Electronic <laughs> hugs in Discord. Okay, there is a new villains collection of merchandise available from the official Warframe store. So there's a new villains T-shirt. And socks, and the socks have the logos of all of the uh, villainous factions. Uh, if you buy them together, you also get a glow-in-the-dark pin that says Groffit on it. Who could say no to nice. that? Uh, the t-shirt's actually pretty cool, and I also like the socks, so I'm tempted. <laughs> have you seen them? The shirt does look pretty cool, yeah. yeah. The shirt's nice. I do like that shirt. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, get on out there. Official Warframe store. Just type in Warframe store. You'll find it. To Google, not into Facebook. Yep. Now into Cephalon Squared news. And starting off with, we have the Atlas Prime Access giveaway, and it is live. So go check out Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Discord for details on how to enter. And you could be walking away with a beautiful Atlas Prime Access. Yes. Thank you, uh, Marketing Lucas. I I stuffed up. I was going to do it earlier during the week, and yeah, I didn't do it until today. But it's out. It's live. Get on out there and do it. Woo woo! Uh, you've got two. You've got two weeks. So go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The instructions are there, uh, and it expires on the twenty sixth, Saturday, the twenty sixth Australian time. So you've got just under two weeks to uh, to enter. Speaking of having two weeks. 
We're also going to be running our Captura competition for October. This is part two, and the final competition will be held next month. If you entered last month, of course you can enter again this month. If you won last month, of course you can enter again this month. If you didn't enter last month, of course you can enter this month. (laughs) It is open to all. There will be three winners again, each of whom will again win 300 platinum on their platform. It is open to all. So, send us your Captura image however you can get it to us, whether it's Facebook, Twitter DM, Discord, email, whatever. Just make sure you're, say- you're saying that this is your entry so that we know it's your entry. Please only send one entry per person. If you send more than one, we will only use the first one you send. So, please, if you have a, se- a better picture that's second, yikes. So, so, yeah, take take a couple photos first. Just, you know, testing out the different lighting, the different angles, all that kind of stuff, and then select what, which one is your favorite to send to us. Yes, and we recommend not going back and tinkering because you'll probably end up making a better one and kicking yourself. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, Lucas, this was your idea, and it's a great one, so why don't, you, why don't you introduce the theme? Okay, so the theme for October is... Defiance. We're not going to take it. <laughs> no, we ain't going to take it. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> the Tenno bend no knee to nobody. Yeah. Their knees can bend, just to just to be clear. They just don't <laughs> bend, bend the knee. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, this is available for players on all platforms. Every single player has access to Captura. You have access right from the very start of the game. You have two or three Captura scenes that you can take pictures within. If you don't know how to do it, when you go into your arsenal at the back of your ship and you're looking at the appearance tab of your Warframe, there will be a button now in the top right-hand corner that looks like a camera. That is the button that will take you to Captura. The rest of Captura is fairly self-explanatory. It's not really, but you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, so take a picture. Uh, depends what platform you're playing on. PS4 has just received a bit of a kick in the balls because there's no Facebook integration anymore. So really, the best way to get it off your PS4 is probably to copy it onto a USB and then copy it to your computer or send it to Twitter. Not ideal. Yeah, that was a bit of a kick to the teeth, wasn't it? Yeah, thanks a lot, Sony. Yeah, great, good job. Anyway, last one. Just in case you didn't know, this will be used to make a calendar at the end of the year. We're going to make a 2020 Cephalon Squared calendar made with the artwork from the winners. Um, And, of course, your entry implies that you are okay with this. We will be, of course, mentioning that you were the person who sent the image in if you do get into the calendar. Uh, It also implies that you're okay for us to share your artwork on our social feeds. So all of that done. If you have any questions, cephalonsquared at gmail.com is the place to send them. Or Lucas at cephalonsquared.com. Yeah. Send Lucas an email. Lucas needs some loving. Love me. He loves loving. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Oh, uh, mm, there was actually something else. Um, another thing Steve showed off, uh, I think it was only two days ago. I don't know why that's not up here. The progress of the sentient tile set. Because I didn't see it. That's why. What did he share? Oh. Oh, well, he showed off moving walls. Okay. And in the uh, in the new upcoming sentient tile set, and damn, does it look creepy, and I'm loving it. I'm going to have to go find that, and I will put the um, a link to that tweet in the show notes. So, yeah, we'll all go check it out, and we'll go, wow, with our hands to the sides of our mouths. Yeah, indeed. It looks good. I'm looking forward to it. Cool, cool. All right. Let us move into our discussion this week. Now, last week was the dev stream, and there was a lot to talk about. This week, the news is thin on the ground. We decided to have a bit of a discussion about, rather than getting into negativity, we thought we'd talk about ideas that we might have for improving current game modes or adding new modes. Now, we're not going to talk a great deal about this because, you know, people can have a million ideas. We're just going to have a couple of ideas. 
and then we'll ask if there are any ideas from the community. If we can gather some, we might do a follow-up episode to this in a few weeks where we discuss some ideas from the community. So feel free to share them with us, and we will cover them in the future. So starting with Lucas, because you had an idea from playing Destiny again this week, uh, what's your idea? Okay, so I've been playing, as I mentioned, playing, playing a bit of Destiny this week, uh, and I just started in the Black uh, Armoury. And I kind of like the mechanics of, of that game mode. So basically you spawn in and you're killing specific glowing enemies to drop a glowing orb. And then you're hurling this golden, this, this shiny glowing orb into, um, into forge. the forge to kind of activate it and, and power it up. So my thought is, could we not make a PVE game mode in Warframe? using the Lenaro mechanics in a similar sense to the Black Armory. I mean, we they literally have everything in the game already needed for something like this. Why not implement it? It'd be interesting, like, if it was a kind of forge thing that you could somehow write some lore around. I don't think it'd be terribly hard. No, it wouldn't be. And you could actually forge weapons as well. Yeah. That um, would be cool. It would be. It, it could even go as far back as to say, like, this was the original forge they used to create the Warframes. Wow. You're stretching things a bit there. <laughs> yeah, it's, stretching, it's stretching a bit, but still, it, it's, it's a possibility. Like, we know how the Warframes were made, but was there some other kind of mechanism there needed for this? Be. The Lunaro Forge. Yeah. <laughs> Forge. So that's that's a pretty good idea. Of course, we did have an idea when K-Drive was first released, or Lucas had the idea, to introduce Lunaro K-Drive. So put yes. Lunaro on K-Drive, make the courts, fields, whatever, a little bit bigger, the play area, a bit bigger so that we can all fly around on our K-Drives. You can't really jump properly in Lunaro anyway, so... Mm. Stick us on K-Drives. I still reckon that'd be fun. Just get be. rid of those stupid sideways fucking goals. Yes, get rid of get that. Get rid of them. If, if, if people haven't worked out yet, I feel Lunaro needs a comeback. <laughs> yeah, I've always enjoyed Lunaro. It's got some problems. Don't get us wrong. Fucking don't send us messages saying, Lunaro sucks, it's terrible. Yes, it's got some problems. But it's also really fun if you can get some groups together. Yeah. it's a, It actually could have been a really good game mode. I think it was just released at the wrong time, and now it just gets ignored. So don't shoot it down. Give us ideas on how you think Lunaro can be improved and made better. Exactly. On the other hand, Conclave. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. We, when we first started this uh, podcast, we did a whole episode on, on Conclave where we went and we got excited about it and we went and played it for a while and we came to the conclusion that, yeah, Conclave is sadly not great. Yeah. I was excited about it for a little while. I thought maybe Conclave was better than people thought and it was just, get it, got, it had a bad rap, but no, it's not just a bad rap. It's not great. <laughs> it's really fucking difficult to do anything in that game. It really is. So... Rather than thinking about how we can fix Conclave, we did have an idea, and we've talked about this on the show before, of changing Conclave from being straight PvP like it is, but making it more like a PvEBP mode, like Gambit, once again, from Destiny. And if you haven't played that, you're essentially in two self-contained instances of the same map, and your team has to work through a whole bunch, wave upon wave of enemies to try and get to the final enemy and kill that enemy before the other team. But as you're playing, you can throw a spanner in the works for the other team by uh, putting what they call moats into the center bank. And once you hit a certain amount of moats within the bank, it sends some big bad guys to the other team's instance. You can also unlock doors to the other instance so that one of your team members can jump through the door, go in there and actually kill the other, the opposing team. So there's a little bit of PVP in there, but it's mainly PVE and it's a race to getting the highest score or to getting to the end and killing the boss. Really? That'd be great. I reckon that'd would really be. work in Warframe. It'd be clearly stealing an idea, but you know what? It's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Steal it. <laughs> Do it. Take it. <laughs> Not a lot of people play Gambit terribly much these days anymore in Destiny, at least that's my understanding. But 
I reckon it'd probably get more people playing it in Warframe because of the nature of Warframe. Yeah. Yeah, PvE trumps PvP in Warframe. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, do you have any other ideas about PvE or PvEVP, Lucas? Um, well, other things that could probably be implemented. I know that... I'm trying to think of their, their names now. I think it's Joey Zero. Yep. Cre- yeah, created the... The drift races. The, uh, yeah, the, the drift races, yeah. That is an awesome idea. If there was a, a specific mode that was, like, fully dedicated to that, I know he uses Capture... Um, but if there was a, a, a full mode just dedicated to that where you could really go at it, um, I think that would be awesome. Now, all I've got in here is a note that says races, K-Drive, Arcwing, and Foot Race. And you came to exactly the thing I wanted to talk about. And, okay, we're talking a lot about fucking Destiny at the moment. <laughs> Destiny <laughs> 1 had something called the Sparrow Racing League. Now, it wasn't just that people liked to race their sparrows when they were playing Destiny, uh, which they did, but Bungie actually created race courses. So you'd all be lined up at the start and you'd go boom, boom, bee, and you'd actually race and you'd do laps of a course. And it was fucking fun. It was ridiculous fun. Not everyone loved it because not everyone is going to love it. But you know what? If Friggin' DE created courses, standalone little courses. They don't need to be massive. They can reuse assets, and you just race each other on your K-Drive. I reckon people would love it. Oh, hell yeah. I'd be down for that. Arcwing's another potential, as long as there's not too many things to bump into, as long as they're just, like, massive tunnels you can fly through. That could also work, especially if they're going to rework Arcwing with Railjack, Imperium. Yeah, Railjack, Imperium, that one. So, you know, if they're going to rework Arcwing and it's actually going to be better to fly around, think about adding some freaking big-ass tunnel races in there. Hell yeah. That'd be fun. Even if there's tunnel races where you've got to shoot shit down to get through it as you're going, that'd be fun too. And, of course, the foot races. D has talked about this in the past as if it is something that they've considered putting in the game or were actually already looking at. And I'd like to, I'm really hoping it is something they actually add in. Well, I mean, it, it seems like it's, it's a possibility. They have been adding a lot of uh, mobility mods lately. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not completely bizarre to think that this is something that they could be working towards. Yeah. And that mean they did mention it in a dev stream a long time ago now, probably a year ago, maybe. I can't even remember. But they did mention it was something that they were considering. So that could be cool. Yeah. Now, the last thing or couple of things that I thought we could talk about is endgame stuff. Now, the problem is at endgame, you're still pretty much playing the same stuff that everyone else is is already playing in in missions. I mean, even arbitrations are just longer versions of missions these days. Well, that's actually been changed. Arbitrations are back down to normal time length. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's true. So, you know, Endgame isn't really Endgame. It's just more of the same. And that's part of what people have been complaining about. So how can we change that up? And I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about a couple of things. I was thinking about Nightmare Mode and I was thinking about Sorties. And I think those modes, both of them, introduced some really interesting ideas that could have perhaps been utilized more to create more endgame modes. Now, people aren't going to like everything I'm going to say here, but they're just some ideas. So imagine if there was a mode you could play where you had to last a certain amount of time and you weren't allowed to use any mods. So you can bring in whatever weapons or anything you want to bring in, but all mods had to be taken off. Everything was at base level gear. That could be interesting or it might not, or maybe maybe it's at reduced capacity and you can only put a certain number of mods on, uh, for example. Or there could be, you know, like there is in sorties, on quite often there's, you know, a bow-only or secondary-only mode. Why don't we have a specific weapon-only mode for survivals or disruptions or something like that? Or even a mode where you don't even get to use abilities. Hmm. Where abilities are turned off for the mode. Now, these are just a few ideas off the top of my head. I hadn't thought them through greatly. Maybe they wouldn't be very interesting or fun. That's definitely a possibility. And, of course, the other thing is, why are you doing these things? There's always got to be rewards. But 
Uh, sometimes the reward is also just the um, inherent satisfaction of completing the mode. All right. I just had an idea, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, bear with me. Bearing. So, let's say, and tie it in with the law and, and, and whatnot, let's say the corpus has now created a jamming system that- Jamming. Hope you like jamming, too. That, you know, some some reason or some ability, strange, strange science, whatever, space science, it's able to basically turn off um, or nullify the the weapons that you normally have equipped. All right. So, in order for you to go into the facility to try and turn this jamming device off, you have to infiltrate. But you can't use your weapons because they're, you know, useless. So, what you've got to do is you've got to steal guns from the enemies, use, like, only using the, uh, the, uh, the handless melee system, uh, the same as what you do when you're trying to escape from Aladvi's uh, facility. So... Kill a corpus, steal his gun, but the thing is, you don't get extra ammo for that gun. Once the ammo is depleted, you have to kill and steal another weapon. Sounds like a survival mode. Yes. <laughs> Real survival. Like intense survival mode. And you start off in your undies. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. That, de- yes. that could definitely be interesting. It's definitely something very different. It's just one of those things that could... Well, it wouldn't get boring. It it could just get repetitive if it happened too often. Yeah. Could get yeah. annoying if you weren't prepared for it. It'd be good if it was a specific mode and it happened to you every once in a while. I don't know. Well, well, if it if it was a specific mode and happened to you, it would be much like the when you get captured by the Zanuka Hunter. Yeah. Because I do like the idea of the Zanuka Hunter mission. It's just it's still kind of lacklusting. Then, like it, you know, you you start off with nothing, but it takes you all of no time to power yourself up and find your gear. Okay, so what if we remove your gear, like mm. completely remove your gear? Andy's got it. Yep, and now and now you have to find your way to the end using only resources you find along the way. Sticks. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd work. And you've got to um like find quail eggs and. Cook them in a fry pan. <laughs> Maybe that's- find find temporary power sources that allow you to use your abilities a limited number of times. Yeah, I think we're getting a bit hardcore there. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe that's the very paradox. Start off in your undies, lose all your powers. I mean, quite possibly, but we are we are wanting something. We are wanting something, you know, in depth and wanting us to you know, give us a real challenge, something end game like. So okay. strip down to absolutely nothing and have the the minimal resources to get yourself to that power again. To only realize that you're literally counting bullets. Yeah, could be good, but again, could get. It could be a once-off, and then it's done. Could be raid mechanic. Could be. Mm. Yeah, that's a, another potential. Potential. So, do you have any other ideas, Lucas? Before we move on, uh, not at the top of my head. No, not at the top of my head. Just wanted to share some of our ideas that we had. So just some in brief, and maybe help the community brainstorm a little bit. Maybe come up with a few ideas. Again, like I said, we'd love to do a follow-up episode. So if you'd like to reach out to us, uh, cephalonsquared at gmail.com, lucas at gmail... Sorry, lucas at cephalonsquared.com. There's probably a lucas at gmail.com out there, but it's not this lucas, so... No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, reach out to us, greg at at cephalonsquared.com as well. Uh, Let us know. Discord, Facebook, any other way you want uh, to get in contact with us. Let us know your idea. We'll take a few notes down, depending on how many people share their ideas, and we'll do a follow-up episode in a few weeks in between dev streams uh, where we go over some community-shared ideas. Yes, we shall. All right, so let's move on into the tips section of the episode. This week, for beginner topic... I was racking my brain about all the things that we had or hadn't done over the months, and I couldn't really come up with anything. And then we had a new person join our Discord this morning who's only just started the game. 
And he mentioned something, I'm assuming it's a he, mentioned something that made me think. And it made me think of a couple of other things that I've heard new players say. So I've decided that I'm going to do what I call dispelling misconceptions of new players. So I've got a few comments that I've heard new players say, and I just wanted to sort of respond to them from a longer term player's perspective. Now, this isn't every single thing you've probably heard a new player say. It's also not misconceptions in terms of, you know, how to use mods and things like that. That's a completely different topic altogether. These are just misconceptions with regards to the game as a whole. So the first one is that Warframe is hard to get into. (sighs) Is that a misconception? Hmm. (laughs) I'd have to agree with it, to be honest. It is pretty hard to get into. But at the same time, if you persist, there will come a point where, and I call it, it's like a a light bulb moment where everything switches on and you go, ah, so that's what Warframe is. And I don't think people can even explain it to you. I think you've got to discover it for yourself. And once that happens, then, uh uh-oh, you're addicted. So is Warframe hard to get into? Probably yes. But once you're, once you get it, or once it clicks with you at least, it's not so hard at all. Another is that when you start, you're too far behind other people. Your friends who are further in the game, for example, won't want to play with you because you're doing the easy stuff and they are all end game people. And to a degree that's true, but No matter what you do in Warframe, even if it is the easiest mission in the game, you will always be gathering resources. Sure, you'll be gathering them at a lower amount. You'll be gathering XP at a lower amount, but you'll still be getting something. And your friends that your friends will probably be excited when you start and they'll probably want to help you. The problem with having your friends help you is they might rush you through content, which can not necessarily lead to burnout, but it can lead to a less satisfying experience. So my tip to more advanced players out there, don't rush people through things. Let them experience it on their own. It will be a little bit more boring for you as an advanced player, but you know, let them experience things because they'll enjoy the game more. But for you new players out there, Older players will be more than happy to help you out and help you get through things because in the end, it's all just a grind and even though it's a slower grind by helping out a newer player, it's still part of the grind. That answers the next one that I had on the list as well, that nobody will want to help me. Warframe, I'll be honest, I'm noticing the Warframe community these days is starting to become a little bit more toxic, and I don't know why that is. I guess the region chat has always been a place of uh, a hive of scum and villainy. (laughs) Star Wars quote. But... Yeah, I just noticed sometimes that there is a little bit more negativity among the community, but compared to other communities, the Warframe community is still one of the best, most welcoming, and most supportive communities out there. Even though region chat is a little bit risque at times, if you ask for help, most of the time you'll probably get it. If you're in Australia, you might want to change to an American server, the ping might be a little bit painful, but you will, will be more likely to get help. So nobody will want to help me. Not really, not really true, because there will be plenty of people out there that will want to help you. And even if you jump into a, a Warframe group on Facebook, there are plenty of them out there. If you ask for help, you will get people jumping at you to help. Next one, I'll never understand modding. That's true. I still don't understand modding a thousand hours in. <laughs> Now, you will come to a point where you understand it a little bit more, and it will take a lot of time. Uh, We have tried to give an introduction a couple of times to modding over the course of our podcast, so go back and listen to a few of our previous episodes, and that will help you. The issue really is, in the early game, you don't have great mods, so it doesn't matter what you put on on your weapon, just as long as it's making the numbers go higher. Keep that in mind. So you will eventually understand mods. The next one I've got listed here is that the game gets too hard. Now, this will be interesting for longer-term players who may have forgotten that the game does get hard towards the late early game or the early mid game. Once you're getting into a point, and it's not for everyone. Some people probably cruised through it. Maybe some people were carried through it by their friends. But I, having played through the game on my own up until Saturn, Neptune, around that area, 
That's where I started to find the game really turns up the difficulty. And it's mainly because you don't have the right mods, you're starting to learn how to mod things, you probably haven't used catalysts and reactors, uh, and the game really does get hard at that point. But for you new players, just keep in mind that that's a speed bump. Eventually the game's probably going to be too easy. Um, and that's what a lot of us longer term players will be thinking is, yeah, once you get at the end, nothing is really hard in the game. There's some difficult content, semi-difficult content or initially difficult content. But yeah, that difficulty that you encounter once you're halfway through the star chart goes away. And by the time you get to the end of the star chart, you'll start to be coming out of that difficulty phase. And the last one I've got here is a contentious one. Some people agree with it, some people don't, that the game or the Platinum itself or that the packs are pay to win. It depends on your definition of win, really. So some people might define winning for a game like Warframe as being speeding up the grind. And if that's how you defined win, then buying a Platinum pack or buying things with Platinum or buying a Prime Access pack is kind of pay to win because you're skipping part of the game to access those things. I don't really think it's pay to win, in my opinion. Depends on your own personal goals. If you want to farm for everything in the game, then maybe it is. And it comes down to what you want to want to do. But would I suggest you avoid a prime access pack early in the game if you do have the money and you want to do it? No, definitely not. I bought one when I was three or four months in, and I do not regret it. It was a Hydroid Prime Access 2017, 2016, December, and I loved it. Absolutely, it was the best thing I did. But I did go through the game for, you know, three or four months grinding to get to that point. And I also made a promise to myself that I would grind for every Warframe. I ended up breaking that after a while because there's like 40 of them now. But again, I didn't see that as pay to win and I still don't see it as pay to win. I have spent quite a lot of money on Warframe and I don't think any of it really gave me a leg up over other players except for speed of leveling. If you think that's pay to win, then fair enough. Anyway, that's a few misconceptions of newer players that I thought I would talk to. If you have some other ones, please do let me know. I may cover them in a future episode. Lucas, do you have anything else to add? Two things. Warframe, it's, there's no pay to win because there's nothing to win. And two, explaining what Warframe is to people is easy. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Second life. Cool. All right. Advanced. Advanced topic. Now, I'm can't remember exactly who this was thanks to. I think it was Pavig. I'm going to say Pavig. I might be wrong, but thank you to Pavig who was watching our stream last night. <laughs> yes, he was. So, this week, in the past, we have looked at the Tenno schools, their way-bound way passive, wah, and the focus lenses. However, one thing that was never looked upon was the dreaded, harsh, and grueling focus farm grind. So, in this week's advanced topic, we shall explore some of the less time-consuming, more efficient manners in which to focus may be farmed. A starting note to kick things right off, to get the absolute most out of any of the following methods, it is advised to be in possession of an affinity booster. This is not mandatory, but it will make the grind a hell of a lot easier. So, when grinding for focus, it really comes down to three methods, and they are the Tridolons, the stealth method and ESO. My suggestion right off the bat is to do tridolons whenever possible and then pick one of the other methods to fill in the time between hunts. The reason for this is that the tridolons uh, will reward you with brilliant and radiant eidolon shards that may be converted into focus without affecting the daily focus limit. So stockpile those shards for mass focus. Now tridolons are much more rewarding for their effort due to all the other possible rewards that come with them. But the main focus of today is the other two methods. The first in which we will look at into is ESO, or Elite Sanctuary Onslaught. This is essentially a horde game mode in which you need to murder as many enemies in the most time efficient manner. Now starting in the second zone on any Sanctuary Onslaught, all players will be given a Convergence Orb at the very start that lasts for 45 seconds and can multiply affinity to converted into focus up to 18 times. The normal amount is only eight times. 
This is only applied if you are equipped with a focus lens on any of the things you have uh, equipped. So during this time, you want to kill, murder, and maim as many enemies within the time frame. The meta for this is to use Saren and spread those spores for murderous intent. If, however, you have another nuke frame you're more comfortable with, then by all means use what's more comfortable. I personally like Mesa for this. So we know that killing a lot in a short time is needed, but that's not all. In the past when I covered the focus lenses, I mentioned that Warframe kills give 100% to the frame, whereas weapon kills give 50% to the weapon and the remaining 50% to the frame. Ally kills give 25% to the frame and 75% divided between your weapons. So to start, I would advise going solo in order to control where the focus converts. In addition, to only take equipment with lenses attached and that you are guaranteed to use. Nice and simple, ESO. The stealth method requires a bit more effort due to needing specific build setups. Uh, now there are a few different ways to go about this, however I'm just going to cover the two most simple methods. Uh, the first uses Equinox and her augment for rest and rage, calm and frenzy, uh, in a bit of a ranged build. The idea is to go into a high level exterminate, hit a cluster of enemies with the Nightform's rest ability, this puts enemies to sleep, and upon killing the enemies, two things will happen. The first being this, the, the, the sleep effect will spread to other enemies nearby, and secondly, if the sleeping enemies are killed in a single strike while sleeping, it counts as a stealth kill and grants the stealth kill affinity amplifier buff. This does require a good amount of practice and I also suggest, uh, also suggest finding the end of the map in order to cluster enemies together nicely. However, if you get this down packed, you can gain anywhere up to 100k focus in a single exterminate. It's really, really efficient. The Ivara method is very similar, but the biggest difference is that by using Prowl, you can remain undetected a hell of a lot easier. Ivara has a sleeper arrow as part of her quiver ability that is affected by ability range and duration, so it is advised to build for these stats. Using a long range melee weapon with either of these setups is advised also, so you can clean up multiple sleeping grenier in a single slide attack. Finally, the ideal node for this stealth method I find to be Sedna's very own Adaro. Now, focus may not be your highest priority as of yet, but I do hope this advice helps you when focus becomes your focus. <laughs> Indeed. There used to be people who loved using Banshee as well. Her silence ability, there was a very specific build for it. I can't remember exactly what it is. I think it's using one of her augments, but it's basically the same thing as what you're doing with Equinox, quickly killing them. Uh, unalerted. Yeah. Getting a shitload of focus. Yeah. That used to be, I think, before ESO, that used to be the best way that people used to farm for focus. Anyway, good stuff, Lucas. Yay. All goods. <laughs> right. All right, moving on to our newest segment. <clears throat> love, love letters to, to Disco, Disco Box. Box. We have none this week. Oh. Which uh, breaks my heart. Absolutely breaks my heart. So but please get your troll on. <laughs> we did. We, we're going to sing the song every week, regardless, because we need to make sure that we get love letters to Disco Box. He needs your love. Pretty important to me. It's very important to <laughs> me. <laughs> so we've got to get we've got to get out there. So put your troll pants on, or just your you know Disco Box loving pants if you've got some, and send him a tweet on Twitter at Disco underscore Box. Tell him how much you love his voice in as many words as you like. And it can be absolutely hilarious, or it can just be a simple, straight love letter to Disco Box. It's up to you. And we'll read it out on the show. Hoping I'll see you one during the week. Please. <laughs> Alrighty. Community call out. Community call, call out. out. I don't know. Quick reviews update. We got one new review in the new, the US this week, which brings our total up to 91. So we only need nine more before we do a live stream streamcast. Streamcast. Ooh, exciting times. And we have a new review here. Lucas, this one was from Chartable. Did you want to read it? I can most certainly do read it. Yes. Chartable, your new dad. Absolutely phenomenal podcast for new players, returning players, and vets alike. 
started listening through the cast while getting back into Warframe and was met with knowledgeable duo that helped me get back into the saddle and a wonderful community to boot. Greg and Lucas will no doubtedly become a huge part of the Warframe community, and I can certainly say I welcome our new Cephalon overlords. <laughs> we'll try not to be overlords. Eh, Lucas will be Only on overlords. Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that new dad. Aww. Yay. <laughs> great, great review. Now, that one was actually submitted to Chartable a while ago now. So we're finally getting through the backlog. There's probably only two or three left. So get your reviews out there so we can catch up. All right. Now, this is something we haven't had in a while. What is it, Lucas? Dr. Dr. Cephalone. Cephalone. Dr. Cephalone. Dr. Cephalone. Yeah. Dr. Cephalone. (laughs) This one is from Dakota via email. Dakota says, I have an idea for Gara. Don't I usually do a voice for Dr. Cephalon? Hmm. Maybe. No, no, not really. I think it was like this. <clears throat> Dear Dr. Cephalon, I have an idea for Gara and was wanting some feedback on it. Her passive, her passive ability, fuck. <laughs> her passive ability, glint. I was thinking that if you had a brighter emissive colour on your melee weapon and you do a ground slam, then it would proc, but have a three to five second or so cooldown on it. And you could have other Warframes synergize with it through their emissive colour if they use a ground slam close to Gara. Or, let's say if Ember has a bright emissive colour or energy colour and uses her fireball around Gara, then it would also proc. What do you guys think? So as a reminder, Gara's passive ability glint gives her a chance to blind enemies within 12 meters for 10 seconds whenever she is standing in light. Hmm. What do you think of that potential augment or potential change or addition to Gara's glint? I fucking glint? love it. I love it. It's. I think it's a good idea because it gives some actual sort of- Usability? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gives you some control over the passive as well, which not a lot of passives, I mean, being passives- <laughs> you don't have much control over passives. And maybe that's why... Are there any other passive abilities that you can control when they prop? Well, I mean, hydroids you kind of control. Yeah. You did, Whenever you do a slam attack, you have a percentile chance to create a, a tentacle. Yeah, so it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I especially love the ember, because why not? If ember's casting a fireball, it should... It's emanating light. It should be a 100% chance to proc glint. Yeah. It just makes sense. I love this idea. Yeah. I, I also love the idea. And yeah, okay, fair enough. Have a shorter duration uh, or, or a three to five second cooldown on it as well. So you can't just... Or even a longer cooldown. So you can't just freaking spam blind constantly. But yeah. I do like the idea, Dakota. Well, I mean, if you've got a if you've got a five second cooldown on it, it doesn't really make that much of a difference, seeing as uh, glint blind the enemy seconds. for ten seconds. Yeah, so it's got to be a so cool even down. if even if you give it like a, a fifteen second cooldown, then that's still well within reason. Yeah, exactly. You can't spam it, but it becomes useful. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a great idea. Yeah, and it's it's not really feasible to do. Ground slam after ground slam after ground slam anyway. So, yeah, I reckon it could work. Hmm. So, I guess the overall opinion there, Dakota, is double cephalon thumbs up. we got to think of a better idea than that. <laughs> Nodding cephalons? I don't know. The cephalon stamp of approval. That'll do. Nintendo. <laughs> Sega does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> Anyway, cool, cool. That brings us pretty much, well, it does bring us to the end of episode 65. Do you have any thoughts or anything you wanted to add before we head off, Lucas? I do not. Excellent, excellent. Now, keep in mind that this week is a lore cast. Bum, bum, bum. Now, we didn't have any suggestions over the weekend as to what people think we perhaps should look at, and we are still shit out of ideas so well we've got plenty of ideas and plenty of potentials we've just got to choose one really so we will get to choosing in the next day or so so that we can start going through the research and preparing you looking forward to it lucas you excited oh i'm always looking forward to law cast i can read through your uh sarcasm <laughs> i am i do look forward to law cast i don't look forward to the work that goes before it <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's that's more accurate <laughs> like law cast is yeah. great 
the work that goes into Lorecast, not so great. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's, we, we do it to ourselves, but it's once every five weeks. So it's okay. It's not so bad. All right. So if you do want to get in contact with us, if you'd like to make a suggestions, if you'd like to send in an entry to our competition, whatever you have in mind, head on over to cephalonsquared.com. There's a contact us button that you can click there where you can talk to us. Probably not the best way to send us an entry to the competition, though. Send that to us via email, cephalonsquared at gmail.com. Otherwise, at our website, there's plenty of things to do. We've got guides, we've got tips, we've got all sorts of pages. We've got lore information coming. I'm still working on a gallery so I can share all the wonderful pictures that people have shared with us for these competitions. Uh, there's lots of good stuff coming. There's lots of good stuff already there, but you can also find links to join our Discord, Facebook, and all those wonderful things. So please head on over to cephalonsquared.com. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Give us a rating on your podcast platform if you would like to help us grow that would be absolutely wonderful. But also, once we get nine more of those bad boys, we'll be doing a live stream that you can join in on, and that is a lot of fun. How about we thank our patrons, Lucas? Let's do exactly that. Go for it. Thank you, Rathok. Thank you, Jellybean1799. Thank you, Lord Frieson. Thanks, Logan Neal. Thank you, Danathan. And thank you, Solarian. Thank you once again to these people who are... Supporting us uh, at the honorary Cephalon level on Patreon, which is why they get their name read out at the end of every episode. And they also have their name printed at the end of all of our YouTube videos. There are several tiers that you can find on Patreon.com. If you wanted to go check it out, it's Patreon.com forward slash Cephalon Squared. There are a number of different ways you can support us if you'd like to at CephalonSquared.com forward slash support. Otherwise, if you don't have the means to do so, please support us just by clicking like on our videos or our content or sharing it wherever you like. That absolutely helps us get in contact with us. Tell us you're thinking we're doing a good job. That is also amazing and we love it. Anyway, my name is Greg Newbegin. I am Mad Capsules all over the place on the interwebs. Who are you, Lucas? I am Lucas Silvestri and I am Silverlight all over the interwebs. S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T. This community rocks. Nothing more, nothing less. You guys rock. Nice and simple this way at this time, Lucas. Love it. You do, Rock. All of you. Especially you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> thanks to Yarn at Disco underscore Box on Twitter for the intro and outro. And make sure you do tell him that his voice makes you quiver in the nether regions uh, via Twitter, Twitter, because that will make me chuckle immensely. Anyway, thank you to you for listening to yet another episode, 65 episodes down, and no end in sight. Millions more to come. No <laughs> end in sight, indeed. We are Cephalon Squared, and we'll be back in a few short days for the Lawcast. Bye! Bye! Thanks for listening to Cephalon Squared. If you'd like to contact us, reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com, where you can find us via email, Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. But don't fret, there'll be more Cephalon Squared in a few short days. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.